You know, when you get full of the Spirit of God and then you, you hug somebody, it's a, just, it's a different experience. Because when they walk in, they're all full of whatever happened out there. But now when they're full of Jesus and the Spirit of God, there's just a whole, like, you start looking at that person going, you're not so bad. You know? I, you know? You're all right. Uh, and that's, that's a good thing because we need to see others with Jesus' eyes. And, and, and in the spirit, because too often we see people with our own eyes. And uh, it, it really does kill the church. It really does hurt the church. Uh, and that, that, I think that has a lot to do with uh, why the church isn't attractive. Because we're not full of the presence of God. We're full of our opinions and, and all the things that we're ready to, to say why you're disqualified. Yes? A little bit? Uh, okay. All right. Well, it's so good to be back with you guys. I didn't wear my boots tonight because I got to break them in. They fit perfect. Uh, and, I, and I like to, I want to keep them clean because I want to show my, sh- my church, you know, like, I want to show, I want to show the clean boots, you know. Uh, uh, maybe. I might do that. I don't know. I might make it at the entrance of the church so everybody touches it as they walk in. I don't want to make it. <laughs> That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. That would be, might be, might be. A monument. A monument to my boots. Um, I, lo- I love, I, we don't have a night service. I love night services for this reason. People that really want to know the word and hear the word and, and just have time together show up. Uh, because morning it can be a ritual, but at night is when people are really like, okay, what you got to really say. And I, this is where I love to have heart-to-hearts with the church. Um, and, and really just communicate what I feel like the Lord is, is really saying in this hour in terms of our heart and, and where are we at and our value system towards the lost. I love the songs that we sang tonight because when we started talking about the lost, uh, yeah, we want to see people get saved, but, but a lot of times it's like having a baby. You, you like having take, looking at babies, holding babies, as long as it's not yours because then you can just... They can go home and, and you, they change their poopy diapers and all that kind of stuff. But when we really start dealing with the issue of the loss and they start coming in, uh, we're going to have to work. We're going to have to do some work. And, and we're going to have to have some patience and we're going to have to love them. See, that's, that's, that's the other aspect of it. You know, you look at your own kids, as, much, as mad as they get you, you still love them. Right? When they're not your kids, can you love them when they upset you? And God's been teaching me a lot of that working in middle school. Yeah, working with some kids that just one minute they love me, the next minute they're cussing me out. And I have to decide, you know, how do I approach this? Because I know it's other issues in their life. It's other things in their life. And I've had kids get so mad at me and, and yell at me like, I'm their dad. I'm not, I'm not your dad, but I have to be dad in that moment. I had to be Father God to them in that moment and, and, and express that heart of, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Now, now for you, you might say, ah, oh. but for, a, for an 11-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old, that's big. When I step into their world and say, you're going to be all right. And they're like, no, no, you don't know what I just did. I, yeah, it doesn't matter. You're going to be all right. You just got to make good decisions from here on out. And, and that's how, you know, I, I love what John Wimber, our, our first pastor, said um, about the bride. He says, he said, I've done a lot of weddings, folks, never seen an ugly bride. And we get so worried about the bride, and he says, don't worry, she's going to be all right. And I appreciate that word because we have to always understand, yeah, the church is, the church is easy to criticize, easy. Mm-hmm. But to see the beauty in it, it requires committed people. It requires people that are committed to, to loving the church no matter what changes they go through. So go with me real quick. We're gonna, I'm going to recap a little bit. 1 John 4, I mean 1 John 4, yeah. And we're going to just, again, we, we, we touched on this a little bit in the morning. 1 John 4, 7. And then within that same chapter, we're going to go to seven, verse 17. It says, uh, verse 7 says this, Those who are loved by God... Let his love continually pour from you to one another. 
because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God. In other words, if you have a love button on you, it's because you're fathered by God in the church. This is talking about the church now, okay? When you have a love button and you know and are responsive to when the Holy Spirit presses that button and you love people, you have been fathered by God. That's powerful. This is not about playing church. See, you know, one of the things that I I really, really challenge myself all the time is I like to have order, but I don't like always having, you know, at my job I have a script, basically. There's a way that I can talk to people, break things down. I, I, I work that way. But in church, there's this challenge to be genuine with each and every person that comes in. It's exhausting because not everybody's the same. But when you have that button that you know how to love people without saying stuff and they can see that you love them without having to give them advice, without having to give them, you know, a pat on the back. But they just see by the way you you attend to them that 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 you love them and you don't even know them. Then all of a sudden you've been fathered. Because you're not looking at them like, are you here to take my seat? Are you smarter than me? Are you more spiritual than me? Do you speak in tongues better than me? You know, th- we get into some crazy mindsets that all of a sudden this becomes competitive rather than, you know, the other day I had a kid. Uh, well, he's not a kid, but he's a young man. He just came back to the church and, and he's always trying to rip on me, you know, and it, it's a bad, it's a bad, don't do that. Cause not, not because God's going to get him because I'm good at it. Okay, I'm good at I'm good at dishing it. I mean, you throw it at me, I will throw it right back, and it's hard because I gotta be careful. I cross that line, you know, and I don't want to get too crazy. And so, so he started making jokes about me being old and all this stuff. And so I just I laid into him, and and then at the end, because he gets on the text with my boys, he's always trying to cut me down, and I just chopped him down. And then I said, he goes, man, can't you let me win once? I said, don't you know that if I win, we all win? <laughs> It's hard because in the church, we want, we want to be top dog. When really, we have to understand that collectively, we've come together for a reason. God has brought us together for a reason. So everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. Go down to verse 17. Now, this is important. This is going to be the anchor of what I'm going to talk about in, in some regards. By living, verse 17, 1 John 4, 17, if you don't have it, just write it down. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. I want to read this one more time. By living in God, that's the condition. You have to live in God. You have to be intimate with God. You have to be in Him. He has to be in you. That's the condition. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us. So in other words, when I live in unity with the Spirit of God, when God lives in me and and I live in Him, people see the full expression of God's love for us, for humanity. When people see me and talk to me and connect with me, they, they should be seeing the full expression of the love of God. Not because I'm talk, I have a Jesus t-shirt, not because I'm using Jesus language, but because there is, there is a dimension of love in me that they know is not me. That they understand, Paul can be mean sometimes when he's pushed. But I'm the first to embrace them, the first to love them, first to ask forgiveness, first, I'm the, I'll, I'll be the first. I have no shame in that. If I cross that line, I'm the first to go, hey, bro, I'm really sorry. And I've done this with this guy. You know, he, he's, he's, he's young, and he's coming back to the church, and he, he'll push me and punch at me and all this stuff. And then after a while, I just go, like, come here, man. You need a hug. And I don't take it personal. I'm not offended. And he, there is, there, when we have a, 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 a very intentional relationship with God, and what I mean intentional is that when you make decisions every day, I'm going to live in you, and you're going to live through me and in me. 
then all of a sudden, the full expression of God loves becomes manifest. And it becomes manifest in such a way that all of a sudden people are starting being, become drawn, be drawn to, to the Spirit of God within you. We have a, a lady in our church that she cracks me up, but she, she just came back. She was going to our church for a while and she's just been really blessed since she's come back. And, uh, she invited this lady to church and this lady came to church and she's sitting there and her, she, she's there with her, uh, her mother and she's there with her daughter. And so, uh, we didn't get a chance. She had, she, she comes early and then she has to leave because she has to work on Sundays, but she, she's there for the worship. She's there for half of the word and then she has to go. And so the lady who invited her, I, I said, Oh, is she a friend from work? And she said, No. She goes, I met her at Verizon. And I said, You met her where? She goes, I met her at Verizon. And we started talking and she said, Man, you're so nice. She goes, It's because I go to church and I, I love God and da 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 da. And she goes, well, I believe that. She goes, Where do you go to church? And she told her and she, she's been coming. She's been coming. And it, and it cracks me up because I thought when she left that her mom and her daughter would leave. And no, they stay. They stay the whole time. And so there, there's a dynamic in our relationship with God that, that becomes a full expression of his love. And this is really important because what happens is this. When we really begin to understand why Jesus presses us to truth, is so that we understand what, what, value, what value system he has and what he really values. Like I told you, creation was easy for God. He thought it, he said it, it was. But when it came to salvation and redemption, oh, that cost, that hurt. And what happens is when we're not mindful of truth, then, then we, we crucify him again. And all of a sudden, we're, we're, we're saying the blood and the, and the suffering was of no effect. And so I, I need it again. I need it again. And we don't, we're not walking in the full expression of what God has, has done for us. So, so that's very important because then, again, we have to grapple with the question. We have to grapple with this. Are we settling as a church, as a community? Are we settling for whatever we get? For whatever, oh yeah, that's good. And all of a sudden, we're not confronted with the fact that, that there are things in our life that God wants to do through us, but we're the ones limiting it. You know, I, there, there are things in your life that, that, that are limited by you, not the devil. And because of that, we live in this, in this continuum of saying, well, you know, I've just never seen it. Think, think about that for a minute. Every sign and wonder in the Bible, you think that those guys, I knew he was going to do it. You think Moses just walked up and said, I knew he was going to part the Red Sea. I just knew it. He did not. He did not. And until he confronted the truth, which was coming before God, you know, I mean, there had to be a process before he got the tablets, you know. There had to be some things that he had to see that he goes, man, that was not me. That was God. And I need to recognize. See, I want to be careful because there's lingo that I use sometimes and I don't want it to become scripted. You know, he's God and you're not. Amen. No, 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 no. Let that really. There are some things that God calls you to that are impossible. Yet he calls you to it. (laughs) And we sit there and we say, well, until the Lord does it. No, the Lord wants you to put your hand to it and start but you have to deal with putting your hand to the plow and keep looking back or saying, hey, you know what? I got this excuse. I got that excuse. That's why you have to confront truth in your life. That's why you have to come to the confrontation of who you are and why. I, one of the things that I'm very big on with leadership is what's your motive? Because if it's to fill an empty void in your life, woo, you're going to be hurting. You're going to be in trouble because people will always let you down. People will always say you're wonderful with one, with one side of their neck and tell you you're trash on the other side of their neck. And if you keep living for the praises of men, you're going to die by them as well. And so it's so important that you understand this, this, understand this because what happens is this. Jesus said ministry will always be there. But moments with him, you got to cherish them. You have to cherish them. 
There are moments where the Lord begins to speak to me that I have to take that moment to just go, yes, Lord. Okay. Nothing else matters. I need you more right now. I know I got to work. I know I got to do these things. I know I have to be there, but I need you more. I need you right now. And this is important because in what we're going into, God is really calling us to understand his heart. Collectively, are we truly experiencing God's presence and power to change our communities? Do you just, do you just accept that Uncle Fred is not saved and it's okay? That's just how he is. I don't know that anybody has Uncle Fred, but I'm just saying. Because what happens is this. it's okay that my kids aren't serving the Lord right now. Just be No, no, no. And I'm not talking about go browbeating them till they come to church. I'm talking about, see, it's about getting on your face. <laughs> we don't think prayer works anymore. We, we think, oh, God, send godly men into government. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. I pray, but you're not humbling yourself. You're not getting on your face saying, God, if you don't come, we're not going to make it. And pray. Humble yourself and pray. Humble yourself and pray. Humble yourself and pray. Humble yourself and pray. And And sometimes we go through cycles in life and we think, man, that devil. Or the Lord's just, the Lord's testing me again. No, no, no. You just haven't humbled yourself and prayed. Because you keep going down the same path. You keep, you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, and it's not going to happen. And so th- this is important because I want to, as I set this up, I want us to come into the Gospel of, of John. Go to chapter 15. And, and, and John chapter 15, you guys know this. You've heard this. You've seen this. It starts out with the parable of the lost lamb. It talks about the shepherd leaving the 99 to go find the one. Why is Jesus talking about this? He's giving us three facets of this story, but he's telling us something that's really important about the heart of the father. It culminates with the father, but but it starts with Jesus. And Jesus is the shepherd that goes and looks for the one. Jesus, he's the good shepherd. And he goes and he looks for the one. He jeopardizes the 99 to go for the one. And when he goes... There, there is this there is this understanding that 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 Jesus seeks out after you. There's this implication that 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 as lost as you are, no matter if the church is full, he goes after the one. Everybody's in the house that needs to be in the house. I'm good. There's one that Jesus is looking for. Before you came, Jesus was looking for you. He was sending people your way to say the shepherd's coming to get you. And it's important that we understand this because Jesus is sharing the heart of the, of the Father. And then he talks about the lost coins. And when he talks about the lost coins, the, 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 he's talking about a woman who's looking for a coin. She has enough of them, but there's one that's missing and she goes after it. This is the Holy Spirit. And when you look at a coin, there's an image imprinted on it. The, the understanding is this. God has imprinted his image on you and the Holy Spirit seeks you out. He seeks you out. He tears everything, moves everything. God will move things out of the way to find you. And then lastly, we talk about the Father. But I want you to understand something. In all three of these stories, Jesus talks about there being a party when they find it. Nah. You ain't partied till you partied with God. You have not partied until you partied with God. I know that sometimes rubs us the wrong way, but Jesus likes to party. He likes to celebrate. We don't. You know why we don't? Because we deem whether or not it's worthy of celebration. You look at people, look at a coin, it's just a coin. It's just a sheep, I got 99 more. Jesus values every single one. He values it. And, 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 and one of the things that is so important about this text is that he is sharing the value system of heaven. 
And this is important, and I want to, let's go to this. Now, 15, look at verse 11. Verse 11. So we know the story, and it says this, Then Jesus said, Once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me? So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Now, this story is often predicated or focused on the father running to the son. You guys know this. You know this. You know this. You've heard it. You've heard it. Yes, the father comes after me. Great. He clothes me. Great. He gives me a ring. Great. He puts something on my feet. Do you understand? This becomes mundane to the point where we, we, we lose the meaning of what's being said here. And we lose other truths that are so significant. All we ever see is there's a rebellious son who, who wastes his father's stuff and he comes back and God restores him. Yay. Party. But I want you to see something. I want you to see a truth here. See, we assume that the older son didn't get anything. Why? What does he say when the son, when the other son comes back? He says, man, he says, you're throwing, you're killing the fatted calf for this cat? After, you haven't even given me a goat to celebrate with my friends. Right? So we assume he didn't get anything. But what does the scripture say? The scripture says, the father, so the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Catch it. He gave them both their inheritance. The younger one does what? He squanders it. Yes? What does the older one do? He stays. What does he do with his inheritance? He rejects it. How do we know he rejects it? He tells the father, you haven't given me anything. He didn't receive the inheritance that was given to him. He didn't appreciate. He didn't take value of it. He said, you haven't given me anything. You haven't even given me a goat to celebrate with my friends. Both of them were given their inheritance. One sat on it. The other wasted it. One of them sat there. Can I just tell you? They both had the same agenda. What was the agenda? The agenda was, I'm going to do something apart from my father's will. I'm going to do something. I'm going to show you. You know what I'm going to show you? I'm going to go out there, Dad, and I'm going to make it happen. And I'm going to just make it happen. I'm going to just multiply this, and I'm going to do this. And he squandered it. What did the older one do? I'm going to sit here and show you what it is to be faithful. I'm going to show you what it is to sit here and just play it safe. I'm going to bury what you gave me. I'm going to bury it under my own self. Both of them, both of them, living life out of relationship with the Father. Both of them living relations, living out of relationship with the Father, expecting something. Which one are you? Stop and think about this, because what happens in the church is that we think God hasn't given us anything yet till revival comes. And that's a lie. You have an inheritance in God. But the problem is your big butt is sitting on it, and you're complaining that God hasn't given you more. You're sitting there going, God hasn't given me anything. Now, Larry's got a lot. Larry's got a lot, man, and I wish I was Larry. That's why, that's why Hogan could say, whose fault is that? I got the same thing you got. I just use it differently. Oh, come on. That has to prick you. Because the same God, we read it. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment. Because all that Jesus now is, is Jesus still alive? Is he a monument? Is he now something? Yes. Yes. He has all power, all authority. He has everything under his feet. 
as he is now, so are we. Partakers of his divine nature. Ho, 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 hold on, hold on. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Because you're sitting on it. Because you're denying your inheritance. You're denying access to what God has given you access to. And you're saying, until I reach this pinnacle of holiness. And we think holiness is perfection. Holiness is not perfection. Holiness is that you are totally separated from the things of God. To the point where all of a sudden, what you have is not your own. That as you feel led to do, you do according to God's voice in your heart. And as you move towards that, your whole, your whole focus is, I love you more. I love you more than, than even the blessings that I'm getting. I love you more. I need you more. Because you realize that there, there, there is, but, but, but you don't sit on your inheritance. You utilize it in a way that, 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 that blesses other people. Why is he mad that he comes back? You know why he's mad that he's coming back? Because if the father says everything that I've given you is yours, whose fatted calf is he killing? <laughs> whose fatted calf is he killing? His. And he's ticked that they're having a party with his cow. Folks, fo- think about it. When the lost come in and we start celebrating, you're going to be mad that they're killing your cow, taking your seat, taking your mantle, because you just sat there and we're, and we're just denying that God has ever given you anything. And in the process, you weren't cultivating that which God had given you. He had every ability to cultivate the heart of the Father with what he was given. But he sat there and says, bitter grapes. The youngest one was at least brave enough to go out and try something with it. Was he stupid? Yes, he was stupid. But he was smart enough to come back. And when he comes back, all of a sudden he's restored. Restoration. We always say, restoration. Yes, Lord, restore me because I'm getting old and just give me strength. Lord, I lost my money. Give it back to me. That, that's not restoration. Restoration means you're fully alive in God. When you're fully alive in God... You don't care about money. You don't care about people liking you. You don't care about if, you don't care how sick they are. You're going to pray that they get delivered, that they get healed, that they get rescued. You don't pray with this, this, I hope it works. I hope it works. Jesus, I hope you show up. You have an anticipation that he's there. He's there now. We have an inheritance. I have access to God. I can release healing. I can release faith. I can release uh, deliverance. I can release this. You know, someday I will go to the nation. There's nations in your backyard. Quit trying to talk to your neighbor when there's people all around you. I was I was in uh, the Poyo place. We're in the Poyo place, and there's this girl sitting there, and she's just like, she was cleaning something. I said, you trying to hide? And she said, no, no, no hablo inglés. I said, oh, mira, de donde eres? De donde eres? And she said, she said, I hablo español. You have, oh, oh. And you could see joy just come all up, and I said, honey, God loves you. God bless you. It's so good to see you. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Welcome. Where are you from? And she just started talking to me. She's, ah, ah, she's almost falling into revival. <laughs> Why? Because love, 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 love. When you live in his love, it's the full expression of the father. I want to be all gray. I'm telling you right now. I, I envy Larry. I want to be silver. So that people look at me like father time. And here he comes. And oh, and, and, and that, that I carry that mantle that as a father. When I say to kids, you're going to be all right. When I tell people, hey, what time to come home? When I tell them, when I speak it out, when I prophesy over my community, be healed. Healing starts to take place. There's a rippling effect. I'm not going to sit on my inheritance till one day. You'll see. One day, you'll see. One day, you'll see. When I'm good and gone, I, you guys build a monument to me. Baloney. I want to get to heaven, not even know. I want to walk into heaven, and they go, hey, man, when I was sick, you prayed for me. When I was this, I said, when? When did I do that? When did I do it? And Jesus will step in and say, when you did it to the least of them, you did it to me. I want to be so surprised by all the people that I impacted and didn't know. And I just did it because the love of God was a full expression of what he had done in my life. 
See, this is the hour of where the church is going. Some of us have been sitting on an inheritance. Some of you have been rich, rich with blessings, rich with visitation, rich with revelation, rich, rich, rich. And you're sitting there going, God hasn't even given me a goat to party. And think about the parable of the talents when he says to you, he says, you knew I was a harsh man and you didn't even put it in the bank. By your words, I will judge you. Quit waiting on going to Bible school. Quit waiting on going to something else to learn so that you could be a little more holy, spiritual before you start telling people God loves them. But before you start telling them God has a purpose. Well, does God have a purpose for them? Because they're kind of weird looking. I, I, I don't want to be a false prophet. Are you kidding me? Jesus went to prostitutes. Jesus went to leopards. Jesus went to people that nobody would touch. And he prophesied and he delivered them and he set them free. As he was, how how Jesus is now, so are we in the world. Our heart needs to be that we go to people. And when we go to them, when we go to them, we have the full expression of God's love. The full expression. Not my expression. Not my looking them up and down trying to see, uh, let me see, are you ready to come into the kingdom? Are you ready? Are you worthy to come into my club? Because that's what it turns into. Are you worthy to come into my club? Are you worthy to come into my club? This is our club. The Lord gave me two words for this year. The first one had to do with the parable of the barren fig tree in Luke. Just write this down. Luke 13, 6 through 9. And the first, and, and it says this, Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's taking up space in the garden. <laughs> Are you taking space up in the church? Now, I see, this is a pastor's heart. <laughs> I, I don't want to lose not one, but don't take up space in the church. Don't take up space and not produce fruit. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what I have. You have an inheritance. Are you not, you're not spending it? You're not, you're afraid? I, I love the story Bill Johnson told. You may have heard it. Bill Johnson said that, that when Chris Valentin came to Bethel, he said that, that, um, Chris had to close down businesses and he had to pay off his, his creditors. And he was in quite a bit of debt. And he said that one day a lady came in and, and, and came to Bill and says, is Chris here? And she says, no, he's not here yet. And he said that, oh, she says, well, can you give him this? And so he said, yeah. And he said he felt from the Lord to look at how much the check, it was a check. And he felt from the Lord to look at it. And he said he looked at it and it was $30,000. And so he was like, whoa. And so then he says that he, he waited. Chris shows up and he says, hey, Chris, I got something for you. And he gives him a check. And then Chris looks at him and he goes, whoa. He goes, does that say $3,000? He goes, no, that's 30000 And he says, man, he just went crazy. He just was all over the place, going crazy. And Bill Johnson said this. He goes, and he doesn't even thank me. <laughs> and he goes, you know why he didn't thank me? Because I didn't write the check. And then I told you the story this morning that my sister prayed for a prostitute who had her injured back and got healed. And, and, and she doesn't thank my sister. Why? Because my sister didn't pay the, write the check. Right. Jesus did. Amen. Quit worrying about if there's enough in the account. Jesus paid it all. See, folks, we're still in this mindset, and this is, this is why it's so important. We're still in this mindset, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough. I can't do enough. I can't this enough. I don't read my Bible enough. I don't do this. I'm not saying, all those things you should do. All those things you should do. I'm not telling you to not practice the discipline of praying and reading your word. And I'm not, but listen, folks, listen to me. There is so many, it's sick how much technology there is today. That you can hear the word 24-7. Man, I work out 
to, to hearing the Bible. I work out to praise and worship. I work out to, and I, and I love to work out. I do it every morning. I get edified all at every moment I get because my time is important. It's precious. I, I have to work. I have to come and do church stuff. I have to study. There, I mean, I don't really have much time. So every moment is precious to me. And I mean, there is, it's easy. If we want it to be. See, here's the deal. Some of you are building things and holding on to things. And God's telling you, write the check. Be the messenger. I'm sorry, not write the check. Give them the check. Because you can't afford it. The impossible that the Lord is calling you to, he wrote the check already. You just be the messenger. Zerubbabel, speak to the mountain. Oh, man, I don't even start. Speak to it. Speak to the capstone. Speak to it. He doesn't say lift it, try to pick it up. He says prophesy over it. Not by power, by my, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Here's the problem. We love our comfort more than we love what Jesus wants to do through us. So the first thing is this, fruitfulness. He says this, the gardener answered, sir, give it one more chance. Give it one more chance. Give it one more chance. Give the church one more chance. Leave it another year and I will give it special attention, plenty of fertilizer. If it gets figs next year, fine. If not, then we'll cut it down. Fruitfulness for this year. The second word that the Lord gave me was repentance. Real change. According to Matthew 21, 23 through 32. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is the moment where the disciple, uh, the, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they say, tell us, by what authority do you do these things? And Jesus says, well, let me ask you a question. John's baptism, was it from heaven or was it from men? And they reason among themselves. And I've taught about this here before. And they say, we, well, if we say this, they reasoned within themselves and they said, if we say this, then they're going to say, why, why didn't you follow him? And if they say that it's from, it's from men, then they're going to get mad and they're going to stone us. And so they said, we don't know. And the Bible says, revelation ceased. When you don't confront truth, revelation ceases. When you do not confront the truth and you lie to yourself, <laughs> revelation stops. When you come into this place where it's like, well, in my opinion, be careful of your opinion becoming revelation. There are things that God is speaking to your life and he is calling you to. True repentance, according to Matthew. And then right after that incident, there's a story. And the Lord says this story. He says, there's two men. I mean, there's a, there's a man. He says, uh, he says, neither was, oh, sorry, hold on. Okay. He says, um, so he said, so he, then Jesus goes this, Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority or under which I am working, but I will tell you a story. I love this about Jesus, right? You're like, tell me Jesus. And he says, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> and he says, you can tell me what you make of it. There was a man who had two sons. He said to the first son, go and work in my vineyard today. No, I will not, said the first son. But later the first son changed his mind and he went. Then the father went to his second son, and he says, go work in the vineyard today. And he says, of course, father. But then he did not go. Which of the sons did the father what the father wanted? And then the priest said, the first one. And Jesus said this, I tell you this, tax collectors and prostitutes will enter the kingdom of God ahead of you. <laughs> no, come on. Don't just sit there and go, oh, wow, that's okay. As long as I get in. Do you, hear what, do you hear what Jesus is saying? See, this is, this is the rationale in the church. Well, as long as I get in, I don't care. You don't care. You don't care. This is not about Jesus saying who's going to be first. This is Jesus talking about a response to love. This is about a response to love. Two sons are sitting there. One says, yeah, dad, I'll do it. I'll do it. I got you. I got you. I got you, Jesus. I got you, God. Watch. Watch what I do. And doesn't do it. The other one says, no, I'm not going to do it. And then goes, oh. 
That's my dad. And he asks something of me, I'm going to go do it. And he repents. Real change. He doesn't announce to everybody, hey guys, my bad, so sorry, I was wrong, here I go to do it. He, he, just, he, he just knew in his heart, conviction, real change, real, real conviction, that he sat there and he said, I don't need to tell nobody, I'm just going to go to the vineyard. I'm just going to go do the work. This is about not about you coming to church and going, Pastor Larry, you're going to see right now, every Sunday I'm going to be here, every Thursday or Wednesday I'm going to be here, you watch, I'm going to be committed, I'm going to be... Don't do it. Don't do it. Just show up. Just show up. And for some of you, listen, listen, okay. For some of you, you owe some back tithes. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling you about buying your way into heaven, okay. There, there are some offerings that you owe God. There are some blessings God gave you on credit. Man, I know you don't like this. And sometimes I have to mention money not because I'm going to collect an offering. I mention money because that's some of the things that are close to our heart sometimes. Because that really is what drives us. It really is what drives us. That's why the Lord talks about money, because he knows what's in our hearts. He knows, that's why the rich young ruler walks away sad. He's trying to be all snooty, like, what else do I need, Jesus? I do all of that since my youth, Jesus. And Jesus said, oh, okay. Now just sell everything and follow me. He walks away from following the Savior of the world to maintain what he feels is his. That's an inheritance that he's sitting on. Instead of saying, yep, and I'll give it to you, Jesus, and let's go. Where do we we want to go, Jesus? Where Where do you want your ministry to go? Two words for this year. John came, oh, and says, first I tell you, tax collectors and prostitutes will enter the kingdom ahead of you. Man. John came to show you a straight path, the path of righteousness. You don't you didn't even believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. Do you know how thirsty people are that are broken that just that don't know Jesus, that don't know that there is a place for them, that don't know that they can come home. They don't know. And when they hear it, you're going to be like, oh, calm down, calm down. It's just church, not for them. Not for them. There's going to be a passion. See, I have a passion for this generation, for them to come home. And not just to be loved, but for them to be launched out. Kenna had an experience. She, she's up in Reading right now at the, at the Bethel School. And she drives Lyft. And just long story short, she, she forgot to turn off her Lyft thing, you know. And so they called her for her last ride. And she went to pick up this guy. He didn't look like he was, but she felt in her heart the Lord wanted her to share with him or whoever it was. And the person gets in, a big old dude, and he had his headphones in, and she was like, oh, good, I don't have to talk to him. (laughs) And then all of a sudden his headphones popped out. And so she just said, what brings you here? And the guy starts telling his story. I moved to Sacramento, got into some bad stuff, I just had to come home. Long story short, she begins to share with him about the love of God. He's, he's sitting there, and the Lord gives her, gives her a word of knowledge for him about him losing his parents at a young age. And he's just like, what? And the Lord wants to restore you, and the Lord wants to do this and that. And, 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 and he says, do you want to receive Christ as your Savior? And he's like, yes! Yes! And after he says the prayer with her and receives Christ, she says, now all those things that you went through, you're going to pull people out of. And the guy's all, my purpose, my purpose. You understand the church has lost its purpose, and God's going to use prostitutes and crooked people 
they're going to appreciate their purpose being in the house and going to say, oh, no, hold on. I, I, Pastor Larry, I can't be here this Sunday because I've got a whole group of friends that I'm going to witness to that, don't, that hang out in bars. And you say, I'll do that. Will you? Will you go being salt and light in a place and show love and bring people back into something? You mean I can go into bars? <laughs> Do you understand how we work? We all of a sudden start getting, you know, well, I heard Pastor Paul, bless God, I'm going to be going to bars now, Pastor Larry. That is not a license. What I'm talking about is God is, is beyond these four walls. But only when you're obedient to him, when you live in him, when you live in him, the full expression of his love. And people are dying. And this generation, I'm praying for. That's why I so love my children and what Ms. V has taught them and, 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 and birthed in them that they're now doing. That's why we, we love the full expression. That's why I love the, the, the sign language this morning. It's an expression. It, it's an expression of God. That's why there's certain things that, that I just I, I love to see happen, but sometimes I don't always understand it. How are we going to react when the undesirables come in? When people that are torn and tattered and broken come in and we sit there and go, whew, I don't know if we're ready to kill anything for you just yet. And the Lord says, oh, no, I'm going to take your calf and we're going to kill it and party for them. I really want you to chew on that this week. Are you sitting on your inheritance? Are you sitting on it? I felt this very powerfully last last week or the week before. And I, I, I went to the altar, man. I just repented. God has richly blessed my life. And that's why we decided, like, to bring our family now. Not just, not just Victoria and I. We're not trying to build a ministry into ourselves. We feel this is the time the Lord's saying, okay, we're going to be going to Chile in, in July. We're going to be doing some stuff. We're, we're starting to, we have a conference coming up in March. We have some amazing people that are going to be coming. And, and, folks, it's not us headlining. It's not my picture, our picture, saying, and, our, and your host will be. This is all, we want more of God. We love him more than ministry. I love him more than ministry. I love him more than, than my... Than, I, I, listen, folks, I, I get home from work, I'm exhausted, but I jump out of bed every day to be there because the lost are there. The lost are there. Kids get mad when I don't show up. Why? Because I'm the expression of God's love to their life. Do people get mad because you showed up to work? (laughs) Or are they they full of joy because you're here? I needed to see you today. If anybody brightens my day, it's you. This song that that our our team is going to dance to is called I love you more, and I just, I love the expression. I love the, the, the style that they bring, and I pray that you're blessed by, by what they share. I just want you. 
So much of what we do as a church is we declare over the next generation that there's room for them and that they're necessary now. And for us, every time our children dance, it is a prophetic picture of a generation rising up to worship God. And this is what I felt on my heart for the older generation. Will you celebrate when they come home? Instead of judging. Why did you even leave? Will you celebrate their return? And willingly give up your fatted calf for them? Everything that you've been holding, everything that you've been gathering, all your wisdom, all your understanding, all the things that you've been accumulating for retirement in, in the spiritual sense and in the physical sense and all that kind of stuff, all that your whole life has been geared towards doing, what they told you is the reasonable thing. Well, you put it on the altar when they come home. And will you begin to call the younger generation home? Will you, will you let your heart be broken because the father every day goes out looking for them? Every day the father goes out looking for them. Is he coming home yet? See, that's the, that's the challenge tonight. It's not just about, man, that kid needs to get saved. It's like, father, let me run to him and hug him. What are you doing? Get your hands off me. God told me to hug you. This is a new demands new. And God is not saying a new Jesus. He's saying a new you. A new you. There are some of you that God is just... I'm careful, okay? I'm careful. But some of you got one more year. To start producing something in your life. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not condemning anybody. But God is watching. And there's others of you. That you've said no. You've been a rebel. You know who you are. But you've been working in the vineyard. You're doing all right. 
You got some rough edges, that's okay. Jesus will deal with you. Holy Spirit will deal with you. But there's some of you that have been saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, and haven't been doing it. And you need to repent. And there needs to be real change in your life. Quit telling leaders what you want to do one day and start doing it. Start making it happen. Because there is a group that is rising up saying, I'm confused, I'm struggling, but I do want Jesus. I do want the Lord. So I'd like for you to do something. Just close your eyes for a second. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would show them, give them a glimpse of their spiritual accounts right now. I want God to show you how rich you are in him. Don't try to see money. (laughs) He has kept you for a long time. He has blessed you. You have received teaching. You have received good teaching. You had moments. You've had experiences. God has richly blessed you. Your account is full. And the Lord wants you to start blessing people with that. Not like I'm going to give you something you're going to pay me back. It's, it's, it's here it is. Freely given. Freely I'm going to give it to you. Lord, this is a rich church. They've been through a lot, but that, that, uh, that, in, that, that, that all that they've been through has produced patience and endurance and, has, and, their, and their faith is refined like gold. Faith is gold, baby. It's more than gold. Faith, believing that he's faithful, that, he's, that he can and that he will. There's people that don't have any of it. And you're rich with it. And God wants you to start giving it. He just wants you to start being the messenger about healing and wholeness. You know people right now in your life that are totally spiritually bankrupt. And God's calling you to make a deposit in their life. But Lord, what will it cost me? Everything. (laughs) Everything. But as soon as you feel like you're out of it, he'll give you more. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No more sitting on your inheritance. No more sitting on it. Time to give out love, full expression of his love. Yeah, here it comes. The full expression of his love. He didn't hold back on you, and you're not to hold back on others. He restored you. My God, he restored you. My God, he restored you. Don't you remember? Remember when you came back to him, how he ran to you, how he clothed you, how he put something on your feet, how he put a ring on your finger. You didn't deserve it, but heaven rejoiced. Now get ready to rejoice when they come home. Don't get mad because they use your calf for the party. (laughs) Would you put your hand on the person next to you right now? And we're going to bless each other. We're going to bless the person. Y'all need each other. God wants you to party together when the lost come home. Hey, as a church, collectively, Lord, we will not live beneath what you've promised for us. And Lord, we're going to go after what you got a hold of us for. <laughs> Would you just begin to pray that over the person next to you? Perseverance to go after that which God got a hold of us for. Perseverance. Faith to step out and go after the impossible. If you can do it, it's not God. (laughs) I release the impossible over your life right now. Hey, I release the impossible. 
I release the godly fear of the impossible coming before you and you recognizing you need him more. God, for what you're calling me to, for the people that you're calling me to. Start believing that when you pray for those that are addicted to drugs, they sober up in the presence of God. When you pray, it's not, I hope they get sober. They're delivered and set free. Families that are going through divorce, when you pray for them, spiritual generational curses are broken off of them. And they don't understand it. They don't, they don't get it. But what was headed for a divorce, now they're in love. Hey, healing. You didn't write the check. You just called to deliver the check. New level of faith to be the messenger of God, to bring, to bring about healing. Quit checking your account to see if there's enough in there. Hey. Come on, pray for that person next to you right now. Fearless, fearless. That you will be fearless in the day of judgment. Because you spent it all. Hey, because everything he gave you, you spent it. <laughs> fearless. Fearless, because everything he gave you, you invested it in the kingdom. Everything he gave you, you didn't hold back. You weren't afraid you weren't second-guessing him. You did it. Fearless when you come before the Lord. Hey, right now. Come on now, folks. Pray. Pray for that person next to you. That they would be fearless in their faith to obey the Lord. Come on. Come on. Fear. And that they're going to produce much fruit. Here it comes. Fruitfulness. Now release fruitfulness and repentance. Hey! <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Yes, God. Fruitfulness. Holy Spirit has been cultivating, putting fertilizer on you. Hey! Fruitful. You pray over that person by faith, believing. God, you hear my words. I declare over this person right now. I declare, I decree an inheritance opened up that they never seen before. That they don't realize, but now they realize they've been sitting on a gold mine. They've been sitting on a gold mine. Ha ha. Hey, Yayabosai. Hey, Rabashatabakai. Hey, you got something. You got, both got something. Both got something. Both received their inheritance. Now use it. Now use it. Oh, yeah. An inheritance right now. Now pray for somebody else. Go find somebody else who God's putting on your heart right now. Come on, folks. No, you got to move. It's easy praying for people right next to you. Now pray for somebody that God's burning on your heart to declare something over them. Hey! Hey! Come on, folks. This is where you activate your faith. Look at that person. Full expression of God's love. Prophesy over them. Prophesy over them. God's got great things for your life. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Hey. <laughs> Come on, folks. Don't hold back because you're not sure. Jesus is sure. Jesus is sure. The Holy Spirit is sure. He knows that He's called them for a time such as this. And I want you to declare over that person right now. Freedom. To be the full expression of God's love. Freedom. To be the full expression of God's love in your job, in your company, for your company, in your church, in your community. Right now. This season. This moment. 
fruitfulness, repentance, for not believing, for questioning God. Hey, come on, don't stop, don't stop, start praying, start believing. If you want to move around, move around. Even if they don't want you to pray for them, you pray for them. (laughs) Break out, break out, break out. Break out, break out, break out. Let's go. Start believing. Start praying. Come on. Put it on me. Yes. Come on. Find somebody else. Find somebody else. People need to know. People need to know. It's time to things for awakening them. Awaken something in them. Come on. Find somebody else. Speak over somebody. Yeah. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Chains are falling off. Oh, God. A new day. A new moment. Hey. No holding back. No reserve. Nothing in reserve. Nothing in reserve. Jesus is coming. Spend it all. Use it all. Spend it all. Hey. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. Oh, Yabashai. Come on. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus. Holy. Holy is your name, Lord. Hey, Jesus. We bless you, God. We bless you, Lord. Hey, Jesus. Josh. Josh. 